Doesn't that sound lovely? I love how music affects my mood and I can choose songs that will make me happy. Exactly. And music and psychology happen to be two of my favorite things. So I'm glad an integration already exists. Sanaya and I will discuss how the two find their way to each other in a number of ways. So generally speaking, according to researchers Thomas et al, people listen to music because it's seen as a valuable companion, helps activate a positive mood, and of course also carries social importance. And looking at it from a cognitive developmental perspective, we find that early exposure to music affects the brain's development. Even cognitive psychology has highlighted the importance of music education's long-lasting impact on several aspects. In this podcast, we will briefly be touching upon music's interaction with emotion, coping, well-being, along with psychopolitical implications. So getting started, let's understand how music is multidimensional. It possesses properties that can be relaxing or stimulating. It can also be happy, sad, angry, tender, etc. Researchers Woskowski et al show how the emotion transcends the artist, listener, the audience and is often felt and understood accurately, universally. And interestingly, all forms of music can evoke pleasure. Yes, sad also. People avoid negative experiences, but when it comes to music, sad music is often enjoyed. There are various hypotheses that look at people coping, empathizing, or simply aesthetically appreciating sad music. Closer to home, research on Indian classical music by Valla et al shows that specific ragas possess properties to evoke emotions owing to certain musical parameters. For example, Raghum Sudhani, and Tilak Kamor. Elicit positive emotions and Rag Basant Mukhari. And Miyaki Tori. Elicit negative ones. Since ragas are deeply rooted in cultural associations, the emotions they evoke stem from cultural context, but the emotions they convey are shared across non-native listeners as well. The universality of music really is intriguing. Now moving on from emotions in music to emotional well-being in music. Given the current context with an ongoing pandemic entailing extreme adversities, Research with young people, the largest consumer of music, has revealed that music listening is one of um, their most effective t- strategies for coping with stress. So there was a study conducted by researchers Van der Meer et al. on 11 South African musicians during the pandemic, which showed that musicking contributed towards proactive coping, be it through listening to music or making music virtually. Doing so with others helped with a feeling of belongingness, which in turn helped their well-being. While music also features with other forms of solidarity, it's frequently used in political contexts too, cultivating attitudes, belongingness to groups. Researcher Naomi Ziv studied reactions to music, expressing or rejecting national values. Patriotic and protest music were used. They tested the music with different individuals having different political orientations. Israeli participants heard three patriotic songs or protest songs. Well, not surprising, but for right-wing participants, patriotic music increased the feelings of patriotism, whereas protest songs led to shame. Whereas for left-wing participants, protest music signified a higher inclination towards freedom of speech. 
that's really so interesting and given the political unrest in india it could have strong implications for our country as well and well speaking of unrest let's explore if these effects of music that bhavya just mentioned can be implemented in ways that can treat mental health issues music therapy and music based interventions have been gaining greater popularity for substance abuse disorders the results have been slightly inconsistent but according to a review of the literature that was conducted by hohmann et al beneficial effects did include improved emotional and motivational outcomes for those struggling with substance use it's also important to point out that none of these studies were longitudinal though and single sessions can only tell us so much about the long term effects ah music therapy there's a little more data on this for depression though with a review of 28 studies of music interventions finding statistically significant improvements for 26 out of those this also varied with the age of participants and quite interestingly it was found that these interventions showed the highest effects with most elderly populations though more research is needed to confirm that music interventions including both passive listening and actively singing or playing music did show a variety of improvements to symptoms of depression and this is not just for diagnosed disorders these symptoms can overlap with stress and the way we experience it daily and this is one of the most widely studied areas of music and psychology i'm sure this doesn't come as a surprise as a lot of us do play some peaceful chill music to wind down after a long day or on the other side of it find the dancing wildly to doja cat or lizzo brings our energy back up despite whatever stressful circumstances we might be facing a review of over 100 empirical studies confirmed this finding that music reduces both psychological and physiological effects of stress and beyond the research side of it the application of music therapy means pretty exciting things especially if we look at india nimhans has had a music and cognition lab since 2011 it focuses on both music and cognition and clinical applications like therapy so far their researchers have examined musical emotion music and language rhythm perception and the effect of music on other cognitive processes The research on rhythm perception has been particularly helpful with interventions to reduce anxiety levels during surgeries along with clinical conditions such as parkinson's disease and schizophrenia. There have also been calls to examine specifically how indian classical music could work in music interventions and it sounds promising. How do these actually look in a session? So in an interview a music therapy practitioner based in Mumbai named Samay Ajmera shared that treatment plans are structured to include elements of playing musical instruments recreating musical experiences composing music verbal discussions interpreting and listening to music songwriting and engaging in other such activities with a musical base if this sounds like something that might suit you definitely do give it more thought and the next time you connect your speakers and blare your tunes through the house know that research supports the benefits this can have on your health though honestly i'm not so sure about your hearing If you enjoyed this podcast, you know the next steps. Share and follow so you don't miss out on our future content.